Check one, two. <coughs> check two, two. <laughs> check three, check four. Check five. I'm hungry. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Tea with Abby. This is episode number two of season two, and I am so grateful today to be sitting here with my best friend, extraordinary business owner, powerful woman, and definitely one of uh, the biggest inspirations I have in my life to go after my dreams, Bex Cleary, everybody. Hey, Tea with Abby. (laughs) I'm so excited to be here today. Um, I've been watching Abby from New York State this whole time as she's been absolutely flourishing and I'm super excited to be here in person for Tea with Abby. Well, cheers to you, girl. Cheers, babe. Shout out to Capital Factory for having us here today. Um, And this is Tea with Abby, the show where we talk about the tea, the truth of what it is like to be first-time business owners, be women entrepreneurs, and all of these... uh, ups and downs that come with the journey of pursuing um, a life filled with passion. So, Bex, why don't you give us a little bit of info about who you are and what you do? So, I go by Bex in the industry. I am a hair artist and salon owner in upstate New York. We just embarked on opening up one of my biggest dreams thus far, which is a salon, so it's so exciting. What is the salon called? It's called Bex, (laughs) (laughs) which is my nickname, but it's also an acronym for what it means to be a beauty expert and to give a beauty experience to anybody that sits in our chairs at the salon. So it's a really exciting time. I really believe in growing others, so that's that's one of my biggest passions right now. What does the salon feel like? What um, like what are you going after to create? I'm going after to create a very clean, relaxing atmosphere. I don't double book my appointments, which is something very unfamiliar in my mm-hmm. industry. Um, so usually what that means for the listener, that means if if I have a color appointment, I might try to fit in a haircut as a hairstylist. So I don't do that um, if I can help it. Of course, my, my schedule when I'm traveling gets a little bit busy. So sometimes we have to make adjustments, um, but mostly I try not to double book myself. And that really allows that that customer to really feel relaxed and that I'm giving them my 100% attention. And um, I've noticed from doing that in upstate New York that people have been responding really well to it and love the, the vibes that we have at the salon. We also have a washroom. So as you walk into my salon, you, you're greeted by the front desk and the waiting area and the retail space. And then it's an old brownstone, so we have only two chairs right now. And then in the third room, which it's the brownstone, so once upon a time was the dining room of the brownstone. So right now we have beautiful art on the walls um, from Becca Piasek. And so we have a little art gallery that all of the art is for sale. And um, it's really exciting to have something that like people can really just walk around the room and feel something, right? 
And then as you go through this little hallway, we go to the washroom, which has its own music. So we play spa music, and mm. it's just a really relaxing atmosphere where people can just really unwind. That's amazing. So uh, we met uh, while you were in an apprenticeship in New York City, um, learning the artistry of uh, cutting hair with a razor, which just if you don't know, to me, it now sets the standard. Bex has totally elevated my expectations from from um, from stylists forever. But um, why don't you give us a little bit of background? What what has the journey been like to go from um, a student to salon owner? Because um, I not many stylists set out to open their own salon you know they might rent a chair and in a studio and and that's like the top of their career so how did you get here how did you start so it all began at the age the ripe age of 14 um I you know was in seventh was I in seventh grade I was somewhere in middle school. school you know and we had to do a project that was you know you you pick what career you want to do and I said I'm going to research cosmetology, not like hairdressing, like cosmetology. Mm-hmm. So um, from there, I interviewed my mom's hairdresser, and it was it was cool. She said the worst thing is that you're on your feet a lot. So I was like, okay, that's not so bad. Yeah. <laughs> and from there, I knew I wanted to be really good at it. So I'm from a small town in upstate New York, which is where I ended up opening up my salon, which is super ironic um, that it kind of came full circle, right. and I came back to my roots to open up like my dream and um from there i went to dean college in massachusetts to get my associate's degree in business administration Mm -hmm. and from there i knew i wanted to go to paul mitchell the school so at that time i was like okay i'm getting out of like the northeast and we're going to california but ironically paul mitchell the school schenectady opened up in my hometown of schenectady new york and I went there, and I was one of the first students to go through that program there. Um, and that was over 10 years ago. So I was, like, the class president at that Paul Mitchell. Wow. And, you know, I, like, said yes to everything. Sure. You know, in, in the Paul Mitchell culture, they're called visionaries. So um, from there, I knew I wanted to, like, play with the best. You have to be surround – you have to surround yourself with the best in the business to become the best. So I knew I wanted to go to New York City after that. And the dream, the dream, oh, the hustle, the the grind in New York City. So from there, I had an incredible opportunity to work at Mizu Salon. And um, it it was a three year training program and just haircutting. And it was grueling. It was intense, but it was the best thing I could have done for my career and my artistry. And so from there, it's evolved. And I moved to Austin, Texas, started my brand and now now we have a uh, brick and mortar, which has been the most exciting part of my career. You know, we talk about our passion planners. What up, passion planner? <laughs> Bex, I think one of the things that you do really well is that you understand how valuable it is to break down your goals, write them down, reflect on them, and constantly come back to that process. Um, passion planners definitely a tool that you can use mm-hmm. for that. But um, I feel that that's something that's most definitely I observed been a part of how you've been able to 
process move everything mm-hmm. and work on everything. Mm-hmm. And opening up my own salon has been my goal since I was 14 when I first started. So now 2019, we opened our doors and um, it's been an incredible journey thus far. When is the one year anniversary? Um, <clears throat> technically, it's today. Get out! Yes. Oh my gosh! February 4th. Shut up! February Cheers. 4th, we got our business license and was officially able to operate in the state of New York. I'm so honored to be sitting here. Oh my gosh, it's I just so of that. It's so full circle today to be running a business that, you know, we have this podcast and you've watched us work on so many different ideas um and then you know now we get to sit across from each other talking about our businesses oh that is just so brilliant so the grand opening was april 4th but we officially opened our doors on february 4th what's what's been the biggest um challenge or learning curve going from a stylist renting a chair in a salon to now being a stylist owning a salon working in your salon and hiring I think that's the hardest thing for creatives is to be able to step away from I love I love being behind the chair being having that relationship with my clients is one of the most sacred relationships Mm. that I have outside of my family. Mm -hmm. And um, so stepping away from the, the, the chair to then go and manage and. I have people that rely on me now for their careers. Right. So it's definitely been a discovery, but I what I've learned is setting boundaries from the beginning is the most important thing to then um, move forward in your business. And I think that goes towards your personal life too, like mm-hmm. whether no matter when you're moving into like uncharted waters, you know, you don't want to be upstream without a paddle. So it's important to, like, make sure you have that paddle and make sure that those boundaries are set before because it's a lot harder to build those after right. the case. So In this experience of buying a brownstone, renovating the first floor, turning it into your dream, um, what's your favorite I mean, obviously, opening the salon and making it to today, this one-year anniversary, is a massive milestone. <laughs> but is there anything else that stands out for you as being um, huge milestones along the way? Um, I mean, I so I educate around the country. Mm-hmm. So that's that's been, you know, a goal also of mine was to be, you know, a platform artist, which I attained when moving to Austin, mm-hmm. Texas, and started working for Donald Scott NYC. And um, so my goals now, and going back to my passion, my, my earlier thought was, like, my my big goal was always, like, opening up my salon. So now it's, like, I get to have other goals and, mm-hmm. like, think about other things that matter to me in my career. So um, I'm going to be, you know, entering a big photo competition this year, and I want to grow my academy in the salon. So as we were talking about, I went through a apprenticeship in New York City on Park Ave at Mizu and so now I'm giving that back to my industry and offering an apprentice program at my salon but also I want to you know expand that to not just people that work for me but for artists you know local or not local that can travel and you know learn from me as well a little more one-on-one just like what I went through. That's so dynamic you know that 
the value we, at blended sense we completely have that same value where um we want to give the tools to our creative professionals to grow and learn new skills and get better and for, for example um Lindsay, who's been crushing it with charles editing these podcasts is really learning how to get behind the camera now and really um you know expand her creative tool set um i just think that's it it takes your business to a whole new level because then now you're just like you know paul mitchell right so so it's like paul mitchell gets to expand and grow because they've had they've affected so many people and now bex gets to have that effect and you know you train someone who goes on to train someone who goes on to train mm-hmm. someone and um i just think that's such it's such an essential part of having a good business is how are you going to going to elevate the people around you and make them better mm-hmm. ah i know it's I love cool. that you you become you know, you move from being a mentoree to being a mentor, and that holds a lot of weight to me, and I take that really seriously. So, do you ever get imposter syndrome about feeling like, because um, at first when I was, you know, in this position, I was often questioning, like if you were ready. Yeah, we're just like, is anyone gonna? How how obvious is it that I'm a first time business owner? Mm-hmm. Do you ever get that way, or have you? pushed past that I feel like my entire career has been building blocks Mm -hmm. so I feel like I've been ready for this Mm. you know I don't I feel like I've I've been ready you know I'm ready to be a salon owner and I'm ready to grow my salon so I think everything happens when it's supposed to and it's supposed Mm. to happen how it's supposed to yeah um so you just have to just take it and 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 be ready yeah I don't believe in faking it till you make it you gotta gotta train train till you make it that's Yes, absolutely. Um, in that process of training and taking these building blocks, um, lots of wins, of course, but lots of learning lessons. Um, learning lessons. Lessons right learned. Lots of lessons learned. Um, lots of moments where I'm sure something felt really hard or difficult um, or something didn't go the way you thought it was going to go. Um, do any, I don't want to call them failures, um, because discovery. I, yeah. Oh, have there been any critical discoveries for you either in this year or in the span of your career so far? Oh, I love that. Yes. Yes. Uh, yeah. I, I was reflecting on like failing and I don't feel like I have really failed, you know, and there's been moments of like trial and error mm. and um, lots of discoveries and lessons learned. The biggest one I think that I think we can all take away is boundaries and you know establishing them from the beginning, no matter how small you are as a business owner. Can you give so, us an example? You want to protect yourself, right? So as a business owner, like and as a mentor, people can take advantage of you, unfortunately, mm-hmm. and use your you know, kindness and, you know, kind of just little take a take advantage of it. Mm. So you want to just protect yourself and your business and have a, things literally written out in concrete yep. that you can, um, you know, then go back to if something's not working out and say, here, listen, like this is we've talked about it. It's, you know, it's on concrete paper. Yeah. So I, I think that that's the biggest thing that I've learn from being in business is just to have that that concrete 
paperwork behind you mm. as you move forward, even as even as an entity of one. Right, you know? right. Right at the beginning, one of our mentors, before we even set out to really form a business model, um, had us come up with our company values so that we had these pillars to always lean back on and know that when we were about to engage in a new relationship with somebody or um, bring on a new investor or any, you know, a, a, a team member um, that we had to make sure they aligned with these values. values I love that. And if that, I, I would say that's in a way our boundary. And so, you know, if you don't connect to these values, this is, this is how we keep ourselves in check. Um, in check. Mm-hmm. And what I think we're working on now, especially as we're bringing more team members in, are like, um, you know, we've kind of discussed this a little bit, are like, what are the policies around different areas of our business that when we have hard decisions to make, we can rely on these policies that are set in stone. This is how we do things. And that's what it is. Yes, systems have been big in my world. Mm-hmm. You know, I've always believed in the structure of a system and having them in place. Um, but it is, it's important to make sure that everybody is on the same page. And we're a green circle salon, so Ooh. I don't, you know, we don't have a lot of like, you know, I don't want to, you know, kill a lot of trees. So a lot of a lot of my structure is and systems are digital, mm. but I've been realizing that it's actually okay to just you know you have to have like a handbook sometimes and um the policy literally in black and white that's concrete and you can hold on to it that's why we love our passion planners exactly concrete and you can hold on to it and you help you hold yourself reliable and you hold your business reliable to those structures systems and policies what does it mean to be a green circle salon it means that we recycle all of our hair and foils from highlights and any color waste. So we, we're diverting all of that waste from landfills and waterways. So it's... Wow. Yeah. And you also uh, stock your salon with products that support this initiative as well. Yeah. So we um, stand by Kevin Murphy. And officially, as of this year, all of their products are now being made with ocean waste um, plastic. So... Yeah, we're all about reusing and recycling in Aztec Salon. That's such a great example of an industry that you may be like, well, how do, how can they affect change in the world? Um, and that you're finding ways to do that every day. And we're thinking about things like that at Blended Sense, too. Like, how do we make our sets green? So how do we reduce our waste, whether it's the snacks and water that we're providing for people or the props that we're using? How do we find um, a yeah. more renewable I think um, a big thing is single waste plastics. Mm-hmm. You know, like we don't have bottled water at my salon. Um, you know, we even the even the sink in my salon is an eco head. So what that means is all of that water is filtered, but it also is saving water. It's it's important. I feel like if you're going to be in business, you get to make all of these decisions that affect our planet, you know, and being in business as a CEO of a company, you're you're making those executive decisions mm-hmm. to better our earth. Because mm-hmm. if we if we keep taking and taking from this earth, we're what's the point of being in business? We're not going to have an earth to be in business with, you know. 
Oh, so <laughs> it takes creativity too to come up with these solutions and um, bravery as well to mm-hmm. set new standards. So we partner with Green Circle Salons at the salon. So what that means is we, you know, divide all of that waste that we can give back to Green mm-hmm. Circle Salons, and then it's a program. So of course we we buy into it, mm-hmm. and it's funded through our Environmental Sur- Service Fund, Sustainability Fund, Environmental mm-hmm. Sustainable Sustainability Fund. And um, then UPS picks up my box and off to Canada to Green Circle Salons it goes. And I think it's an investment into, you know, our earth and super important. Really. Yeah, into the future of mm-hmm. everybody who wants to go after their dreams. Yeah. Oh, it takes, um, I, I said it takes a lot of creativity because I, I while... I do see you as a hair professional. I've always viewed you as um, a creative and an artist first. And I'm, I would love for you to enlighten us a little bit on how do you balance your creative um, fulfillment, but then you also have to very clearly satisfy what your customer wants. Um, how do you maintain balance between fulfilling yourself and fulfilling the customer? That's a great question, Ivy. And two... In my world, I get to be creative when I'm behind the chair, and it's almost a meditational state for me to, mm. to cut hair and to, to, to do hair because you spend a full hour usually at a time with somebody. Mm. And from there, you know, you get to feel creative, even if it's just a trim, you know, and it still works. So sometimes at the end of the day, it does feel like, okay, like it's work. You know, I love what I do. I love my work. But at the end of the day, you know, your feet are still tired, just like my mom's hairdresser had said, <laughs> you know, they would be. Yeah. Um, or so. you're like, oh, my God, I haven't eaten yeah. anything yet yeah. on this We shift. don't get a lot of bathroom breaks <laughs> in, in our industry. So um, traveling really helps fuel me. Mm. So coming down to Austin, Texas to take care of some of my guests when I lived down here, um, is creative to me because I get to spend time on the airplane, you know, meeting new people. Mm. And um, so travel, educating, really, especially when I'm traveling and educating at the same time, that fuels my creativity. Um, and then getting out of my comfort zone, right? Any magic happens outside of your box and your bubble. So it is important to me as a business owner to leave my my bubble of the salon and get outside into the world, whether it's another salon local or, you know, internationally or nationally, and getting to um, watch those sparks fly on other beauty experts. Why, I know you have something coming up where you get to directly, almost basically create art um, on somebody's head. Um, it's called Naha, for those of you who don't know. I know so much about the hair industry now just by being friends with you. I know. Um, where does your inspiration for creating a, something out of nothing come from? Um, my inspiration comes from truly travel and like those days where I'm not behind the chair. And so in particular with North American Hairdressing Awards, I'm planning on entering this year in the haircutting department. Okay. And um, this year it's – I really want to, you know – I got I got sparked by a TEDx conference. Uh-huh. So there was a segment in there that really talked about 
the passion and purpose of superheroes. So mm. I feel like there's a superhero in all of us, and that's what's really going to um, spark this creative um, journey that I'm about to bark, embark on. And with w- anytime anyone enters Naha in our industry, we learn a little bit about ourselves, a lot of bit about ourselves in the process because it's anytime you step outside, you know, you're, you're like, it's going to be so creative mm-hmm. and fun, but there are a lot of challenges that mm-hmm. come with all of that. So in those challenges is where you grow and learn and become a better all, better rounded hairstylist. Yeah. You've also been a major champion for women and you're one of the most passionate feminists that I know. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, um, I thank my mother, Paula Marshman, for that. (laughs) Oh, shout out to Paula. Um, She's amazing. Um, You know, one of the challenges of this industry that... I've been working in this year um, is there's a lot of male to female unrepresented voices to the, you know, the norm, what's been the norm. Right. And there's mm-hmm. this kind of um, uh, motive, uh, momentum building around supporting um, unrepresented founders. I'm curious about the hair and cosmetology world. What is that dynamic like between So in our industry, leaders? 90% of the working professionals are women. Mm. At the top, 90% of them are men, which is something very, you know, like I think men are physically stronger. Okay. So them giving a shampoo, for example, is a little more invigorating to a woman <laughs> because, because of sex, you know? Mm. And... At the top, like, men do tend, we don't, they don't take time off to have babies. They don't, you know, that's really the only thing that they don't have to do. Yeah. Um, so I think that allows them to propel forward because they don't really have a lot of extra stuff that they have to deal with in their personal lives. Mm. Um, and, too, it's it's a societal thing where, mm-hmm. um, but and mostly in our industry, it's 90% women that um you know you think you think of hairdresser and you think of females sure you know so in my industry I I really I do I think about it all the time how can I how can I build these women up to be at the top of our industry Mm -hmm. you know not that not to say like my best friend is a guy you know and he's a hairdresser so and so talented (laughs) at that so hi Steven (laughs) Steven Carlo. um but I think it's important that men and women build each other up as equals, you know, Mm -hmm. and for women to charge with their worth Mm -hmm. and not just think like, oh, I'm I'm in a market. It's, you know, haircuts are twenty dollars, so I'll be twenty dollars for my haircut. Like, I think that in our industry, we have to really build each other up and going back to being a constant student. Right. You have to take classes in order to. Raise your prices mm-hmm. and you know charge more, but I it it is it's it's important to celebrate women and their successes. So in my salon, re, in November we launched a blow dry bar menu, and each of those menu items are um, based off of women in Schenectady County's history. So that's really cool. So it's been it was a really cool process learning about these women that came before us because back in the day women weren't even written about like. So so that that process is cool because there 
women have gone through so much to allow you and I to be able to be on a podcast today. Absolutely. I think it's important to just celebrate that and remember that and, you know, spread, spread building each other up. Mm. I'm just, I'm kind of have the chills right now because I think it's amazing that in something I'm sure many people might see as a vanity industry, right? Um, looking good, feeling good, hair cutting and makeup, that you are able to impact so directly um, on so many different levels. And I'm just so proud of you for being so bold and creating a business based off of your values and making a legacy, really, and bringing something that Schenectady has never seen and was so hungry for, I'm sure. Um, So what's next? What is next? Um just leveling up like we did we had one year in business officially today and you know what's next so you know how do how do we do what we're doing better Mm -hmm. how you know it and it goes back to reflecting Mm -hmm. and seeing what worked last year and what's not working this year and letting go of what's not working Mm -hmm. and making room for what will work and you know championing on And I do want to give a shout out to my family because I wouldn't be here and um, able to move forward without the support of my husband and my daughter. So Mm -hmm. I just want to give a shout out to my, you know, my rocks. Absolutely. How do we find you online and how do we find you if we're in New York? So my website is beautybybex.com. We will be elevating our website soon. So it will be Bex Salon, but directed um, through Beauty by Bex, mm-hmm. will be able to find me as well. And then on Instagram, I'm as a person, Bex underscore Cleary. And my salon is Bex underscore salon. Because <laughs> <laughs> salon's basically my middle yeah. name. <laughs> and then if we have, if, if, if a viewer out there, um, you know, all of our friends and family are in the Northeast. And so you should absolutely take a trip up to the stockade. It's one yeah. of the most beautiful places. It's New York's oldest historic district. So it's basically the oldest historic district yeah. in the country. Right. Um, and you can also, if you can't get up to New York, um, follow, subscribe to me on YouTube. Mm-hmm. It's Beauty by Bex. Um, I've been, you know, Abby's been working with me. There's an old throwback <laughs> video on there. <laughs> Think of a mullet cut. Yeah. But, um, yeah, follow me on there. I will be putting out some more content this year um, and championing on and building amazing oh well now this is my favorite part this is the quote the mantra or something that you love to live by would you like to share yours absolutely this is this is a this is a mantra that i have um lived by this my entire career so okay so you're gonna actually before my career even started it was on my graduation cake amazing this is from high school destiny so So take your cup say it directly to the camera and after you say it you're gonna take a sip Eleanor Roosevelt said, the future belongs to those who believe in the beauty of their dreams. I know. Thank you so much, Abby, thank you so much. I'm so proud of you. I'm so proud of you. And that's another episode of Tea with Abby. We'll see you guys next time. Thanks so much for watching Tea with Abby. Be sure to click subscribe and smack that like button so you can stay tuned. (laughs) Smack that like button. See that like button? Smack it. Thanks so much for watching an episode of Tea with Abby.
be sure to click subscribe and smack that like button so you can stay tuned with new episodes all year long. And if you want to learn more about Blended Sense, visit us at our website, www.blendedsense.com, or follow us on social at Blended Sense or at blendedsense.io. See you next week.